Hello and welcome to Sard's Audio Fan Fictions. I'm Sard. Thanks for tuning in. In today's episode, we will be continuing on with Chapter 3 of The Past Cannot Be Changed, The Future Is Yet in Your Power by Glitter Bombshell. If you've missed any episodes or would just like a refresher, please follow the links in the description below. There, you should find links to past episodes and chapters. Just a quick reminder, the entirety of this fic will be made available for download as a single complete audiobook upon the fic's completion. It and other complete works can be found on my website at sardsaudiofanfics.com. The links are in the description below. Also in the description are links to SAF's YouTube and website, on which you can find our Let's Chat page, where you can vote for our next fic. And please be sure to check out our Discord as well as my new Twitch channel and YouTube channel, The Library, where I read Don May every Wednesday and Monday evening. Right, with that out of the way, let's get to it. Happy listening! Chapter 3 Lan Chiren values Lan Feng as both an instructor and a friend. Though the man is only about 15 years older than Shi Chen, he had been a tireless, stalwart figure during the rebuilding of the Cloud Recesses, a natural leader among the disciples at the time. It had only made sense that he would transition into a teaching role after the Sunshot Campaign. In the ensuing years, Lan Chiren's appreciation for the man's steady, thoughtful guidance of their students has only grown. He trusts Lan Fang's opinions. Hmm, Lan Fang says thoughtfully when Lan Chiren has finished explaining to him what has been going on in the novice class for the past several days. He does not immediately recoil in horror at the mention of Wei Wu Zhen being left unsupervised with their youngest disciples. He is not stricken at the notion that their youngest disciples have sought Wei Wu Zhen out on their own. He is not bemoaning the fact that their youngest disciples have taken any instruction from Wei Wu Zhen, let alone been practicing the techniques they will have to demonstrate for their proficiency exam in only a few short weeks. Lan Fang does not appear to be suffering from a head injury, or any form of malignant possession. Miserably, Lan Chiren acknowledges that his final escape route from having to consider Wei Wuzhen's merits as an instructor in the cloud recesses has been cut off. Hmm, Lan Fang says again, even more thoughtfully, and thoroughly unaware that every moment he spends not outright dismissing Lan Chiren's words is a moment in which the delicate lining of Lan Chiren's stomach threatens to rupture. He can almost feel the ulcers forming. Somewhere beyond this plane of existence, he is certain that the soul of Tang Xin San Jian has paused in its journey towards its next life to fall over and howl with laughter. Well, Lan Fang says, stroking the neatly trimmed patch of graying beard on his chin. 
I can't say it would have occurred to me to suggest such a course of action. But now I wonder that it did not. Lan Chiren feels an eyebrow climb towards his hairline. You are the second person to say that to me today, he grumbles. To his irritation, Lan Fang's mouth turns upwards in a faint smile. You have already discussed this with the elder teacher Lan, then. Indeed, Lan Chiren says curtly. But enlighten me, please. Why it should have occurred to all of us to ask Wei Wuzhen to cover Lan Guihong's classes when he fell ill. Lan Fang's brows furrowed. I wouldn't go that far, perhaps. But it is certainly true he has the time and the necessary skills. He was once young Mang Jiang's head disciple. I know there were some... Unsavory rumors regarding the reasons the former Jiang sect leader favored their ward so, but I cannot fathom that his wife would have tolerated Master Wei in the position were he undeserving of it. I've had the opportunity to observe him instructing Lan Sijui's class on several occasions myself. Lan Jiren sighs. He accepts defeat. He mentally glares at the phantom of Tang Su Sanjin. He is certain is still cackling in unholy glee somewhere. Even as his conscience silently demands, he wish her peace. And, he asks, already sure of the answer he will receive. Lan Feng's face is not without sympathy. It is this disciple's considered opinion that Master Wei is a gifted instructor. The juniors listen to him, respect him even through his more outlandish, shall we say, antics. I can find no fault with his knowledge of cultivation techniques and theory, and... Here, Lan Feng trails off, a sheen of hesitance glazing his features. Speak your mind, Lan Feng, Lan Chiran says tiredly. Fate, it seems, has decreed this will be a day for Lan Chiren to digest many uncomfortable truths. What is one more in the scheme of things? Respectfully, Grandmaster, I do not know that our disciples would not benefit from more exposure to Wei Wuzhen's way of thinking. Not, he rushes to reassure as Lan Chiren automatically bristles, not his most unorthodox methods. No, of course not. But I cannot deny that our senior disciples are more flexible in their methods since they started hunting with him so often. Adaptable. That is not a bad thing. No. No, it was not. And it pains Lan Chiren to have to wonder when he'd lost sight of that. Grandmaster, Lan Feng says after a moment, and the hesitance in his voice and expression are even heavier now. I cannot help but wonder. Is it truly Master Wei's ability to teach that you find so difficult to accept? 
Are you saying you find it easy? Lan Chiren counters, though he knows Lan Feng knows him well enough to see it for the deflection it is. Lan Feng casts his eyes downwards, frowning slightly. If you had asked me a year ago, a few months ago even, my answer would be very different. I would have told you exactly what I suspect you were hoping to hear from myself and Master Lan. That Wei Wuzhen was entirely unfit to interact with the children of this sect, let alone teach them. That the very idea was madness. He looks up again, his eyes dark. Lan Sijui, Lan Jingyi, all of the juniors, they love him. They do not merely respect his skill for the knowledge he can provide them. They love him, as they loved Lan Guihang, as they love me, as they love you, Grandmaster, even if I think none of you will admit that. And while children's hearts can be fooled for a time, you and I both know they see more clearly than anyone cares to admit. That kind of love must be earned, and it is not earned lightly. The children of Gusulan are not fools, Lan Chiren sighs. And then, even more quietly, My nephew is not a fool. As you say, Lan Feng says, which leaves us only the conclusion that Wei Wu Zhen has earned their regard. He declines Wang Ji's offer to come with Wei Wu Zhen to his quarters for the requested meeting, replying that he will have their meal sent down to the Jingxi. He would be more comfortable in his own home, of course, but something prompts him to cede the advantage of territory to his nephew and his nephew's husband. At the appointed hour, he straightens imaginary wrinkles from his robes, dons his winter cloak, trying very hard not to feel as though he is girding his loins for war, and sets off down the tranquil, snow-covered paths of the cloud recesses. The facts are thus. Lang Hung's health will no longer allow him to serve in his capacity as the novice class's main instructor. The ever-expanding influence of Gusu Lan has necessitated the reassignment of several dozen of their most senior disciples to various towns, cities, and villages in order to carry out Wang Ji's ambitious outreach plan among the citizenry. These plans and programs are proving highly beneficial to everyone, not just Gusu Lan. Lan Feng is the only instructor who could possibly take over the novice class a position he has little to no interest in. The facts are thus. Their novice class deserves the very best instruction their sect can provide. They owe it to their children. And Lan Chiren refuses to allow the education of their youngest disciples to suffer. There is a person in the cloud recesses that would be able to fulfill the role Lan Guihang is leaving open, with no disruption to the already established instructors. One who, according to several people Lan Chiren has every reason to trust, would not only be competent in the role, but would actually excel in it. The facts are thus. 
Wei Wuxian has proven on more than one occasion that he is not the same man who had presided over the slaughter at Nightless City all those years ago. The revelations of the past year have proven that even if he was, that man had not been everything they were led to believe. The facts are thus. Still. Still. Lan Sijui and Lan Jingyi, the junior disciples and the novice class, do not know the truth of the power that Wei Wuzhen wielded back then. Even Lan Sijui, Wen Yun, never knew who the Yiling Patriarch was, what he was. The junior disciples have never known war. The Sunshot Campaign, the atrocities and blasphemies that Wei Wuzhen committed with that God's Be Damned flute and the Stygian tiger seal. They are all stories to them. Stories that even Lan Qiren will admit are hard to match with the figure that flits through the cloud recesses now, ignoring every rule of their clan with a bright smile and a loud laugh. Lan Qiren knows the truth. Lan Qiren had watched the ruin that Wei Wuzhen brought down on Wang Ji. His nephew, the child he'd raised, the child who was his son more than he had ever been his brother's. Lan Qiren had stood by Xi Chen's side as they argued, pleaded, and finally begged to have Wang Ji's sentence reduced as far as it could be, had been forced to stand witness as his nephew was whipped within an inch of his life anyway, flinched with every strike as though it was hitting him. His nephew had almost torn himself apart for the love of Wei Wuzhen, had suffered the worst punishment their clan could met out for love of Wei Wuzhen. And Lan Qiren? Lan Qiren does not know how to get past that. He pauses, the realization cresting over him with such breathtaking force he wonders that the snow doesn't fly up in a maelstrom around him. The turmoil that has swirled in his chest since he had first seen Wei Wuzhen usher the novice class into the practice rooms reaches a fever pitch. And yet he somehow feels more in control of it than he has all day. He resumes walking, faster than before, almost breathless with the thoughts tumbling in his head and does not realize he has actually made himself arrive at his nephew's home a few minutes early until he rounds a bend in the path and sees Wang Zhi and Wei Wuzhen standing on the steps of the Jingxi. They are waiting to welcome him, as is proper. But at the moment, they are turned towards each other. It is clear that neither of them are paying the slightest bit of attention to the world around them. Lan Qiren's steps falter as Wang Ji says something that does not carry the distance between them, reaching up to smooth the collar of Wei Wuzhen's black robes. Wei Wuzhen laughs, the sound seeming brittle somehow, quieter than usual. But then he nods and grins at Wang Ji. He tucks a lock of hair behind Wang Ji's ear, his fingers trailing down to curl around the ends of Wang Ji's ribbon. And Wang Ji leans forward, resting his forehead against Wei Wuzhen's. Lan Qiren is struck 
by the intimacy of the moment, looking away as though he has stumbled upon something much more private. Wei Wuzhen stands calmly, quietly, and Wang Ji. It has been years since Lan Qiren has seen Wang Ji radiating such peace, such joy. Perhaps he has never seen it. The facts are thus. Wei Wuzhen had nearly broken Wang Ji, completely ignorant that he was doing so. The man had turned away from all that was right and proper, cultivating a path that was at best heretical and at worst a path of evil. He had killed innocent people and done so without remorse. The facts are thus. Wei Wuzhen had been wronged in ways that Lan Qiren still had trouble believing, had been a victim of Jing Guoyou's scheming at least as much as he had been a villain. In his heart of hearts, Lan Qiren cannot help but wonder how many of the terrible things Wei Wuzhen had done could have been avoided if Jing Guangyu had not so skillfully cut off every other avenue available to him. The facts are thus. The siege of the burial mounds had killed innocent people. The great sects had killed innocent people and done so without remorse. As Lan Guihang had said, their lands had been soaked by rivers of blood. Wei Wu Zhen was not the only one who had spilled it. The facts are thus. There was no way to go back and change the past, right the wrongs that had been done to so many, bring back the innocent and punish only the guilty. All they could do was move forward. Lan Qiren lifts his eyes again, takes in the picture that his nephew and his nephew's husband present. Wang Ju is loved. Wang Ju is happy. Truly happy, in ways that Lan Qiren had feared he would never be again. He thinks of everything that Lan Guihang, Lan Feng, and most especially Lan Sijui have told him. He thinks of what would be best for his sect, his clan, his family, all members of his family. He spares one final thought of hope that the spirit of Changsi Sanjian is at least enjoying this last chance to laugh at his expense. And Lan Qiren makes a choice to let the past stay in the past and open the way for a better future. He clears his throat loudly enough for Wang Ju and Wei Wuzhen to hear him and walks towards his nephew's home. Chapter 4 Welcome, uncle, Wang Jie says as Lan Qiren walks the final few steps to the Jingxi, 
Beside him, Wei Wuzhen bows politely. Good evening, Grandmaster, he murmurs, voice far quieter than Lan Qiren is used to hearing. He raises an eyebrow but returns their greetings, permitting himself to clasp Wang Ji's shoulder briefly as they usher him into the Jingxi. He had already informed Wang Ji he did not mean this to be a discussion on Wang Ji's capacity as chief cultivator, and the atmosphere is more informal than his meetings with his nephew have been in months. Wei Wuzhen would beg to differ, loudly, and possibly with several helpful diagrams illustrating why even family dinners among the lands are in no way, shape, or form relaxed and informal. But he had promised his husband he would be on his absolute best behavior. He is offered the seat of honor at their small table, and Wei Wuzhen is the one to pour tea for both him and Wang Ju his movements as flawlessly graceful as any aristocrat. Lan Qiren can admit he had been fearful Wei Wuzhen would embarrass and shame them at the many, many formal banquets Wang Ju had to attend as excellency. But Wei Wuzhen has impeccable manners when he chooses to. Only when he chooses to, granted. Fortunately, he seems to have deemed events at which his behavior will reflect on Gu Su Lan as a whole, and Wang Ji in particular, as such occasions. They drink their tea in silence. Comfortable silence for him and Wang Ji, familiar and fitting as a well-broken-in pair of shoes. But Lan Qiren does not miss the way Wei Wuzhen's sharp eyes dart between him and Wang Ji the way his spine is straight as an arrow, shoulders slightly hunched as though he's braced for a blow. He does not remark upon it in the hopes that Wei Wuzhen will eventually settle down, and a moment later there is a quiet knock at the door. Wei Wuzhen springs up as though he's been launched by a slingshot and hurries over to open the door to a pair of servants carrying two large covered trays. He chatters at them for a moment, asking after children and spouses, and Lan Qiren feels a jolt of surprise as the servants answer with genuine smiles and warm looks. He hadn't realized Wei Wuzhen has become so familiar with the members of the staff at the cloud recesses. Wang Zhu rises as Wei Wuzhen takes one of the trays and glides over to take it as Wei Wuzhen passes it back without looking. Wei Wuzhen takes the other with polite thanks, and the servants bow respectfully to Lan Qiren, Wang Zhu, and Wei Wuzhen before exiting. Lan Qiren finds himself watching as the two efficiently lay out the meal. Bean curd and steamed root vegetables, bowls of rice and freshly made noodles, mushrooms and wintergreens cooked in a rich broth. They move around each other without thought, without needing to speak. Wei Wuzhen collects their plates and begins filling them, politely asking after Lan Qiren's favorites. Wang Ju goes to gather a small crock from the cabinet on the wall. Wei Wuzhen grins up at his husband as the crock is deposited on the table and the lid removed, revealing a thick sauce that smells strongly of ginger, garlic, vinegar, and chilies. A lot of chilies. Lan Qiren doesn't want to think about how many spices must have gone into the mixture to produce that shade of red. 
Wei Wuxian's grin widens in delight, and Wang Ji's eyes go soft and fond, his lips tilting upwards in the bare hint of a smile. Ah! Sidri bought me more of that dipping sauce? Hmm. Assigned a patrol in the area. Jing Yi insisted they stop at the inn and buy some. Wei Wuzhen mimes, wiping a tear from his eyes. Such good boys we have. Such kind, thoughtful boys. Indeed, Wang Ji says, and the soft look does not leave his eyes. Lan Qiren busies himself with his tea and so nearly misses the way Wang Ji brushes his hand over one of Wei Wu Zhen's as he moves around his husband to take his seat. It's a quick, barely there motion, the lightest slide of his thumb over Wei Wu Zhen's knuckles. But some tension Lan Qiren hadn't even noticed seeps out of Wei Wu Zhen's shoulders. When he offers Lan Qiren the first of the dishes, he does so with a smile that almost looks genuine. Lan Qiren thinks to return it for a moment, but then he can only watch in horrified fascination as Wei Wu Zhen reaches for his chili sauce, scooping out a dollop nearly the size of a hen's egg and stirring it into his own plate of perfectly cooked bean curd and vegetables. He is vaguely surprised the food does not immediately start hissing from the sheer amount of spice. He can smell the heat in the sauce. Wang Ji just looks besotted and indulgent. Quiet descends over the table as they eat, as properly and appropriately quiet as any meal Lan Qiren has taken in the dining hall. He is used to watching Wei Wuzhen fairly vibrate in his seat when he and Wang Ji eat with the disciples, as though all the words that usually spill from that chattering mouth are physically knocking against his teeth to get out. Now, though, he keeps his eyes on Wang Ji, and the two seem to be having a full-blown conversation made up entirely of Wang Ji's micro-expressions and Wei Wuzhen's far more exaggerated reactions to them. He has known for years the depths of Wang Ji's devotion to this man. If pressed, he knows he would have to admit that he has little reason to doubt Wei Wuzhen's devotion to his nephew runs just as deep. It may have taken him longer to realize and understand his feelings, but Lan Qiren has been able to take some small comfort in the fact that Wang Ji's love was at least returned in equal measure. Watching the two of them now, away from the ever-watchful eyes of the Lan disciples, absent the trappings of Wang Ji's duties as chief cultivator, Lan Qiren cannot help but be surprised by the ease between them, the comfort. The privacy screens have been set up to completely conceal their sleeping space, but the rest of the Jingxi is open to observation. Everywhere Lan Qiren looks, there is evidence of a complete melding of two lives. Half-finished talisman designs in Wei Wuzhen's truly terrible calligraphy sit in a pile next to Wang Ji's neatly ordered reports and paperwork. Shelves that have only ever held a few books of poetry and music theory 
are now crowded with texts on a wild array of subjects that only Wei Wuzhen's magpie-like mind would alight on. Wei Wuzhen's ghost flute sits innocuously on a stand next to Wang Ji's guqin, its polished surface gleaming. He had feared. Oh, how he had feared. Wang Ju would follow down the same path his father had would throw himself headlong into a love fashioned out of fire, fueled by all the passion that could run in a land's heart. And like fire, it would consume him, leave him a hollowed-out husk, a prisoner to a love that had withered into something dark and poisonous, something that could never be healthy. Such had been the fate of Wang Ji's parents. But Lamanji was not his father. And Wei Wuzhen's character, Lan Chiren is realizing, bears little resemblance to Wang Ji's mother. There are the beginnings of a life in the Jingshu, the foundations of a home. And Wang Ji and Wei Wuzhen move around each other like they have lived together their entire lives, like their own bodies are just extensions of each other. Lan Chiren knows his nephew's marriage does not lack passion. If nothing else, the sheer number of red-faced disciples who have come to him in the morning after their patrol shifts and tried to find a way to tactfully ask him to remind his nephew to check the strength of the Jingxi's privacy wards would clue him in to that fact. He watches Wei Wu Zhen refill Wang Ji's teacup and spoon the choicest bits of Wang Ji's preferred dishes into his bowl before Wang Ji can do it himself. His mouth quirked into a half-smile that is a thousand times softer than his usual grin. He is pleased to see that his nephew's marriage also does not lack warmth, care, trust, and gentleness. When the meal is finished, Wang Ji and Wei Wu Zhen work together to clear the dishes away. More tea is poured, dishes of peanuts and dried fruit are offered, and politely declined. And Lan Chiren finally has no more excuses to put off the conversation he has been bracing himself for. In all honesty, he has been bracing himself for it since Lan Sijui had first convinced him to listen in on Wei Wu Zhen and the novices. What did you wish to speak about, uncle? Wang Ji asks finally. Wei Wu Zhen plasters what Lan Chiren is sure he thinks is an expression of polite interest on his face. In truth, he looks almost as pained as Lan Chiren feels. But he has decided on a course of action. For his sake, for his nephew's sake, for the sake of the sex novice disciples, and even for Wei Wuzhen's sake, he must forge ahead. Lang Hung is right. It is time they were all allowed to move forward. You know Lang Hung's health will likely remain fragile for several months. Perhaps for the rest of his life, he begins. This is no news to Wang Ji, of course. Lang Hung is beloved by many in the sect, the whole of the cloud recesses has followed the head healer's reports with much interest. As expected, Wang Jin nods, 
He and I have decided it is time he stepped down as the primary instructor to our novice class. I will be sorry to see Teacher Lan retire, Wang Ji says sincerely. But of course, his health and comfort must come first. I presume Lan Feng will be taking over? No, actually. Lan Feng is an excellent instructor. But Lan Gui Hung and I believe, and Lan Feng agrees, that his talents are best utilized where he is. Wang Ji's brow furrows minutely. You wish me to recall one of our senior teachers? He hazards, finally. Lan Chiren has been many things in his life, but a coward is not one of them. Enough of this. I do not, he says shortly. We, no, I... Believe I have already found a suitable replacement, if he is willing. Wang Jia is staring at him, a small furrow still between his brows. And then his whole face smooths, emotion flickering lightning fast through his eyes. Once he might have been able to read them all. Once he had been nearly as good at deciphering Wang Jia's thoughts as Shi Chen is. He is not anymore, but he can still see the confusion that shines in his nephew's eyes, followed by realization, and finally, hope. Wei Wuzhen, meanwhile, glances between the two of them, his mouth pulling into a frown as he comes to his own conclusions. Perhaps Lan Qiren will not have to actually say it out loud after all. Wait, you want Lan Jen to take over the class? With all his duties? Wei Wuzhen asks incredulously. Lan Chiren sighs. Do not be ridiculous, Wei Wuzhen. Incredibly, Wei Wuzhen only looks more confused. Who then? You can't possibly mean any of the juniors. I mean, our Sidri would be wonderful in any capacity, naturally, but he's far too young. Your Lan juniors are the best of the best, to be sure, but even their maturity has limits. For the second time in as many days, Lan Chiren is struck with the feeling that were he even a little less disciplined, his jaw would be hanging by its hinges. You cannot possibly be this dense, he says before he thinks better of it. Hey! Uncle, please. Wang Ji and Wei Wuzhen speak at the same time, Wang Ji laying a quiet hand on Wei Wuzhen's shoulder. Wei Wuzhen subsides, still looking mulish, indignant, and Lan Chiren passes a hand over his face. He is going to have to say it. You, Wei Wuzhen, myself, Lan Guihang, and Lan Feng, all believe that you would be able to take over Lan Guihang's duties. There is dead silence in the Jingxi. If you are willing, Lan Chiren continues, and reaches for his teacup the way a drowning man might reach for a lifeline. He takes a sip, and then another, his eyes fixed on the rim of the cup with dogged determination. The silence continues. When Lan Chiren finally dares to look up, 
Wang Zhi is simply sitting with his hands neatly folded in his lap. A smile adorns his face. A real, true smile. The kind Lan Chiren has not seen so openly in years. It has been far longer since any such expression was directed at him. Wang Zhi meets his gaze squarely, that same hope lighting them. Hope and happiness and a warm gratitude that loosens something in Lan Chiren's chest. Wei Wuzhen? Wei Wuzhen is gaping at him, and he is certainly not disciplined enough to keep his jaw from dropping. I... you... me? You want me to take over the novice class? The novices? Did you not enjoy working with them last week? Wang Jie asks, reaching across the small distance between them to take his husband's hand. What? Yes, yes, of course, they're wonderful kids. But Lan Zhen, I can't just, I mean... Wei Wu Zhen snaps his mouth closed so hard, his teeth click audibly and takes a deep breath. Master Lan, you hate me. The way he says it pulls Lan Qiren up short. There is no anger in Wei Wu Zhen's voice. Neither is there sadness nor even resignation. He says it so simply, as though Lan Chiren's hatred is something he should take as his due, is simply a fact. The sky is blue, water is wet, Wei Wuzhen is hated by the man who raised his husband from childhood. A year ago, it might have even been true. A year ago, he did not know the things he does now. He had not seen the things he has seen and listened to the people he's listened to over the past few days. One must always strive for honesty in all things, most particularly with oneself. I do not care for you. Not in the way that I always thought I would care for the person my nephew chose to spend his life with. He sets his teacup down carefully, more for the few seconds it gives him to gather his thoughts than any fear of breaking it. But I cannot lay the blame for that entirely at your feet. Wei Wuzhen startles at that, meeting Lan Chiren's eyes in shock. He squares his shoulders his grip on Wang Ji's hand tightening. You are well within your rights to hate me, he says, still in that same, even, factual tone. It is perhaps the most serious he has ever seen the man. There is no hint of laughter in his face now. They sit there, the three of them, the weight of the past pressing down on them. And Lan Chiren suddenly sees all the ways that this can go, stretching out before him. All the ways he can simply withdraw from this and let things go back to the way they've been for the past year. But he can also see all the ways that they can go forward. The ways they can finally, finally drain wounds that have been festering for decades. I do not hate you, Wei Wuzhen. 
he cannot hate someone that Wang Ji loves so dearly, that Lan Sijui loves so dearly, not and still be worthy of their love in return. And I do not wish to be at odds with you. Wei Wu Zhen barks out a disbelieving laugh. <laughs> so you decide to ask me to teach your junior, uh, juniors? I decided to ask you to teach the novice class, because you are the best person we can currently ask. It only stings a little to admit that truth out loud. He may be getting better at this. The children are already fond of you. Lan Feng and Lan Sijui cannot find fault with your instructional abilities. If you do not wish to... I, I, I didn't say that. Wei Wuzhen interrupts, and there is something as fragile as spun glass in his voice. Wei Ying, Wang Ji says finally, drawing Wei Wuzhen's attention to him. He holds his husband's gaze for a moment, and another silent conversation unfolds between the two of them. After a moment, Wei Wuzhen dips his head, closing his eyes briefly. If you're sure... Master Lin, then yes. His voice goes quiet, hesitant in a way that Lin Chiren has never heard from him before. This one would be honored to take over the novice class. Lin Chiren lets out a breath he hadn't realized he's been holding. Suddenly as tired as if he had been doing sword drills all day. He feels wrung out, his nerves scraped raw. And yet there is something inside him that feels suddenly lighter. Excellent, he says, and finds that he means it. Then I will expect you at the healer's pavilion during tomorrow's study period, so that you may be formally introduced to Lan Guihang. He will consult with you during the transition, help make sure everything goes smoothly. If all goes well, you may begin next week. Do keep in mind that classes in the cloud recesses begin at seven. There is much to discuss, and even more to arrange, but he has taken enough of their time for the evening. No doubt they will have much to discuss between themselves. They both rise to see him out when he takes his leave. He does not think he is imagining that Wang Ji bids him good night more warmly than he has in months. Wei Wuzhen bows to him respectfully, but pauses as he straightens. Master Lin, he says, and Lan Chiren never thought he might actually miss the impertinence Wei Wuzhen usually addresses him with. But this seriousness does not quite suit him, all the more so because Lan Chiren suspects the reasons behind it are extremely complicated and painful. Thank you for this opportunity, for trusting me with it. I will endeavor to be worthy of that trust. Lan Chiren rather thinks this is as close to a peace offering as either of them are capable of at this point in time. He nods. See that you do, he says, with only a fraction of his usual briskness. He turns and begins walking up the path that will take him back to his own quarters, his breath frosting the air, fresh snow crunching under his boots, his heart feeling less burdened than it has in years.
Wait, classes start at what time? Wei Wuzhen's voice suddenly rings out in the evening stillness of the cold recesses, indignation and dismay dripping from every word. And if Lan Qiren chuckles to himself as he keeps walking, <laughs> well, that's no one's business but his own. Well, that's it for this episode and is the end of this fic. Thank you so much for listening. This has been chapters three and four of The Past Cannot Be Changed, The Future Is Yet In Your Power. Written by Glitter Bombshell. Narrated by Saird. Theme music, Spirited Away. Well, as I said at the beginning, this is the end of this fic, but we will be continuing on with the next story in this series. To believe with certainty, we must begin with doubting. Book 4 in the Joy in the Midst of These Things series by Glitter Bombshell. Once again, I will continue to be alternating my weekly episodes with both the Joy in the Midst of These Things series and my Buffy series, Her Way, His Way, and Changes. So please be sure to like, subscribe, and follow so that you know when the first chapter of the next fic goes live. Thank you so much for joining me, and until next time, happy listening! In business, you rarely hear the expression, for life. You make a purchase for a product, for a service, and, and there's, a, there's a time frame there. Well, that's not the case with Awaken 180 Weight Loss. Allow me to explain. You know, a year ago, I started with Awaken 180 Weight Loss and had incredible success losing weight. But you can lose all the weight in the world and not keep it off. And what good is it? That's why I have support for life from Awaken 180. Yeah. I mean, I go back for check-ins and make sure everything's going smoothly. But if I ever had a problem, the counselors are there to get me back on track. Why don't you do what I did and call for a consultation? 844-346-1800. 844-346-1800. Or go to Awaken180WeightLoss.com.